For the penultimate time, this is Hoss Fight, and I am DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Uh, penultimate, in case you don't know, and maybe some of you don't, means next to last. Um, so we're doing the twos, which means that uh, unless there's an epilogue episode, which I suppose there could be, um, this is the second to last one. The last episode was the anti-penultimate one. Anti-penultimate means third to last. Uh, and this is the penultimate one. And then the next one, when we do the ones and finally determine the hossiest hoss who has ever hossed, uh, that will be the ultimate episode. So the ultimate warrior, and maybe I've said this before on this podcast, uh, the ultimate warrior means the last warrior. Just just food for thought. Uh, that's the ultimate warrior who was ranked. Hold on. Let's figure this out here. Where is he? Uh, the 210th greatest hoss of all time. The ultimate warrior. We've ranked all the way up to 33 there, folks. Fit Finley won the last episode, beating Terry Gordy uh, in a matchup that I'm sure... Everyone will be fine with, and no one shall have a problem. Uh, which means we're down to the, the top 32, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. Uh, I want to make sure these last two episodes are real, real good. I think the last one was real, real good. We had Dugan, we had the JYD, we had The Rock, we had Bam Bam Gordy, we had Hawk Finley, we had a Steiner. I really, outside of, I think, two of the names, I'm, I have no idea who's coming. Um, I know who, I'm pretty sure we're number ones, um, but I'm not really sure who the number twos are. So uh, I'm excited. I hope the names are good. I hope the matchups are good. Uh, I want this to go well, and it's somewhat tempting. What is this notebook? It's somewhat tempting. Oh, we did the pies here. All right, just random notebooks I have stacked in a pile. Uh, it's tempting to cheat, and it's tempting to uh, have some sort of actual ranking system, especially in what the next episode will be, uh, to try to get to a result that I think would make the most sense and make sure that the right names are in the right places. But that goes against almost everything this tournament stands for. Uh you know, we've done some tweakage. We, we made it so that Bruiser Brody could get in um, a little higher than he originally got ranked. You know, a little tweakage now and then is okay, but I don't want to really fuss with the brackets. Because if you remember, our last episode gave us uh, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. We got a Steiner versus Yokozuna match which 93 DC was, was popping over. We got Duggan and JYD twice. Twice. We got Biggie versus Goldberg. We got a, a Road Warrior versus a Steiner. There were some great matchups that wound up happening, um, almost exclusively because of fate. And so I want fate to continue to play a role. So I have to have faith in fate that it will, it will, do, us, it will do right by us. Uh, the the penultimate 16 names um, are on my sheet. They've been redacted. They've been randomized five times. I have no idea who is where. I don't remember who's on there. Um, I'm ready. I hope you're ready. I hope you're well, and those you love are doing well as well, of course. Uh, let's begin. Our first name, he's a huge part of... Um, of the WWE right now, uh, you could, hold on, give me a moment to think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, this is the biggest, 2022 is the biggest year that Kevin Owens has ever had. Uh, yeah, he came in, won the NXT title very quickly, had that great 
uh, beginning, you know, where he turned on Sami Zayn, showed up on Raw as the NXT champion, wrestling John Cena, all of that. Not discounting any of it. Universal champion, not discounting any of it. He main evented a WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's bigger than all of what I just said. Uh, Kevin Owens is a hoss. Uh, He's doing amazing work. The whole thing with Ezekiel is fantastic in the sense that Owens was hotter than he had ever been. And you take that, and now he's making Elias, Ezekiel, Ethuselah, whatever you want to call him, uh, he's going to be a big deal again. And he was gone, Dunzo. You expected him to get released every five seconds, and now they're going to make him to be a huge deal with his arm tassels. All thanks to Kevin Owens. Honorable mention to Mr. Chad Gable. Owens' opponent here in Hoss Fight, our first matchup of the twos, Gunther. Gunther, Gunther, Gunther. Uh, Walter. Again, uh, were I to... Were I to have been doing this intentionally, I probably would not have put those two in an opening round matchup against each other. But that's what we're getting. And it's, it's there's a lot to talk about here. Um, there's no doubt that Walter, at peak Walter, was and is a bigger hoss than Owens at his peak. Um Kevin Owens is a big dude and the prize fighter and all of that, but Walter was as smash mouth, I'm going to chop you into oblivion as you could get. And now he's Gunther. And when we talked about him last, he was in NXT as Gunther and he wasn't doing well. Now he's made the immediate jump to SmackDown and I'm optimistic Uh, You know, being on a show with Roman Reigns is tricky because Gunther, I don't think, is going to be a challenger for Roman Reigns anytime soon. So I can't say he's going to win a world title in 2022. Um, But I would put down these two quarters I have here reserved in case I need to flip a coin. Uh, I'd put those two quarters down that he's probably the likeliest guy to take the Intercontinental title off of Ricochet. Don't you think? Give Ricochet a few months to beat some other guys, and then Walter runs him over. Gunther runs him over. And then Gunther's your Intercontinental Champion. And he could be Intercontinental Champion uh, for nine months. And, you know, 2023 uh, is the year of Gunther, Gunther once we figured out the Roman Reigns thing. And I'd love, to, I'd love to think that Gunther could become a fan favorite and, you know, wind up being someone to challenge Roman Reigns at least. Let's not get crazy. Um. So it's a great Haas fight. Don't get me wrong. I think the answer has to be Walter. If we take, we can't do a snapshot of where they are right now. We can't take, uh, what's today? April 30th. That's when I'm recording. Hello from the past. Uh, We can't take today, April, May, Gunther, and April, May, Kevin Owens. That's not the snapshot. We have to consider all of it. Owens wrestled in Ladder Wars and all that stuff in Ring of Honor. Both great hosses, but I think Walter checks the hoss box more than Kevin Owens. So I am giving the win to Walter or Gunther with Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, and hopefully Jenny. Just just have her go to a main roster. Just, just have her go. Uh, next up, Ron Simmons. Okay. This is the quality of Haas we're talking about. Ron Simmons versus Sheamus. Uh, That would be a great match. You take Ron Simmons now. I'm so excited I'm knocking my pop filter around. There are pretzels next to me and I really want to munch, but I'm trying not to. So you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm gonna take a sip of my water. You gotta have your water. Just plain old um, dihydrogen monoxide. I had to do the math in my head. I'm out of seltzer, and I think I've been overdoing it on the seltzer, so I'm taking a break. But some delicious dihydrogen monoxide. Uh, you could argue when Ron Simmons' peak was. Uh, many people would probably say 92 when he won the WCW title. Maybe, you know, by the time he gets to Farouk Assad with the gladiator helmet, he's probably past his prime. And, you know, by the time he becomes uh, the APA, he's, you know, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. So, so probably, yeah, it is. Probably 92... 91 to 93 might be considered the peak Ron Simmons used. But you take him versus 20, I don't know. Sheamus has been pretty consistent. 2012, Sheamus. Uh, I think the answer is Ron Simmons. But I could very easily see a world in which you feel otherwise. You might be a big Sheamus fan. You might love the idea of Sheamus versus Gunther or Walter. And I wouldn't blame you at all if that was what you picked. But I'm going to go with Ron Simmons. Um, I think in a bar fight, when you have the APA that, you know, was very popular in the bars, and then Seamus, who was on a team called DeBar, I still go with Simmons. So Ron Simmons wins this one to me. Uh, What's nice about this is, yes, I'm picking a winner, but if you want to disagree, I see no problem with that. Uh, Next up is Kane. He is taking on Lex Luger. I was slightly afraid of this. We have to remember late 90s to early 2000s Kane. I'm watching 2002, as I've been doing probably for most of this entire tournament. Uh, X-Pac has stolen Kane's mask. Kane is you know, out of action. X-Pac is wearing the mask around as part of the NWO. Kane doesn't feel like a big deal at all right now as watching from 2002. But Kane, late 90s, early 2000s, and then again when the mask comes off and he's Jacob Goodnight, uh, was a serious, serious hoss. Nobody that size should do a top rope clothesline that good. Um, You know, Glenn Jacobs' politician whose political views I don't agree with, uh, is not a hoss. Corporate Kane was amazing. Not sure if it was a hoss. Uh, and then Lex Luger. I'm not, I'm not a Lex Luger guy. I'm just not. Uh, I have more of an appreciation for him now, uh, but I've never been a Lex Luger guy, despite the fact that 93 was the years of the Lex Express. Didn't really care for him. Uh, didn't want him to body slam Yoko. Wanted somebody else to do it. Uh, so I'm giving the win to Kane because I'm really not a fan of Luger. But I cannot deny that Luger is totally a hoss. He absolutely is. Rhino, Big Show. Now that's a matchup. Uh, Rhino and the Big Show. You know, we we sort of excluded Andre and and let him be 64th and sort of the gateway to the upper echelon of hosses. Um, He's the monolith. And Big Show is, you know, his son, (laughs) if you you go back to 95, WCW. Uh, But similarly sized. But I, I say the Big Show is a hoss. The Giant was certainly a hoss doing drop kicks and top rope moves. Um, The Big Show, once he gets his weight under control, is very much a hoss, I think. Uh, And, of course, Rhino is is definitely a hoss as well. You know, Rhino would have contended against a lot of people, I feel like. Um, I have much more of an appreciation for Rhino, having watched 2001, 2002 uh, lately. But I'm going for the Big Show, and not just because we get a Kane-Big Show match, which, you know, they were partners, they feuded, their careers are intertwined, even though they're not kayfabe brothers. 
Um, but I do think the big show is the right answer. Uh, who wins the, uh, the that quarterfinal matchup? I don't know. I don't know that yet. Uh, but we'll give Big Show the win over Rhino. Scott Oh, this is not fair. Uh, Scott Hall, dearly recently departed Scott Hall. And again, maybe I'm the only one who finds this interesting. So real life, Scott Hall has passed away within the past month. I don't remember when exactly it was. I want to say it was early April. No, March 14th. How time flies. I would have told you it was like three or four weeks ago. It was closer to six or seven. Um, time is slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Uh, so Scott Hall passed away six weeks ago. <clears throat> I'm watching. I have watched the Go Home Show to Judgment Day, 2002. That morning, the British Bulldog passes away. I know this because I finished the Raw and I jump to the next one so I don't have to go find it later. I just, you know, back out of it after 10 seconds or so so that, you know, it's in the continue watching section on the Peacock and Vince is doing the tribute and calls the tumultuous life of Davy Boy Smith, which I think is a weird um, way to say it. You know, yesterday morning, the tumultuous life of Davy Boy Smith, I'm assuming he's going to say, came to an end because I backed out before he finished the sentence. That's a weird way to say that. Um, I don't love it, but I'll, you know, listen to, to what he says. Uh, so Scott Hall and the Bulldog, great match to easy, easy, easy hosses. Um, I think I'm going to go with Scott Hall. Neither man world champion. Uh, both men on the short list of best wrestlers to never be world champion. Um... Yeah, I think Scott Hall, to me, is the right answer. He's a little taller. Uh, that, you know, 80s Scott Hall, where he looks like Magnum TA, very, very hossy. Uh, the Bulldog grows into being hossy. You know, British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, is big but not huge. He becomes huge during the 90s, uh, and not in necessarily the greatest way either. Both men battling demons. Uh, I think the answer is Scott Hall. Uh, I apologize to you, Glenn, as someone who knew and loved Davey. I, I hope to continue to do him justice in this in this tournament. We'll see what the brackets, what fate gives us. But I'm giving the win to Scott Hall. Ishii and Sid. <laughs> okay. Um, Ishii is a guy like Ken Shamrock, where I look him up on cage match and he seems to be a cruiserweight. Uh, according to according to Google, uh, Tomohiro Ishii is five foot seven and two hundred and twenty pounds. So he technically qualifies um, under what some may say would be a cruiserweight. Maybe there's somebody out there who would say, I'm going to consider a cruiserweight anyone who's 225 or less. Maybe that's something that someone would do. I don't know who, but maybe someone would. Uh, and so Ishii would qualify, except Ishii's clearly a hoss. He's, he's five foot seven in all dimensions. He's five foot seven tall, wide, and deep. Uh, so, you know, I think he qualifies as a hoss. Does he beat the master and ruler of the world? Uh, as a wrestler, yes. Um, perhaps even in a bar fight, yes. But I'm giving the win to Sid. Sid has the crazy factor. Ishii has a tag team partner in Toru Yano. Uh, you don't know what Yano's going to do you're pretty sure it's going to be silly. We don't know what Sid's going to do, and maybe it'll be silly, and maybe he'll kill us in our sleep. So the psycho factor plays a role here um, in giving Sid the win over Ishii. So now we have Walter versus Ron Simmons. Great match. Kane versus Big Show. Uh, could be a good match if it's less than six minutes long. 
Scott Hall versus Sid. I love that idea. All right. Bottom two matches. Mick Foley. Wow. What a match. Mick Foley. Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns was champion when I began this back in 2021. Uh, I don't think he was a heel at that. Well, was he? I don't remember when, like, Heyman came into the picture and he started doing the whole tribal chief thing. Maybe he was. Shows how little I pay attention to the main roster. Uh, Mick Foley is obviously a hoss on the toughness scale. And in the death, you know, in, in the same way that Masato Tanaka is a hoss. Or, well, no, not, not uh, Minoru Suzuki. Is he on this list? Maybe he's one of the bottom two names. Either way. Uh... Mick Foley, obviously a hoss. Size-wise, yes. Toughness-wise, yes. Doesn't check a lot of the other boxes. Uh, Roman Reigns is a hoss, no doubt. You have to consider him high on the toughness scale um, for being able to beat cancer. No question. Uh, You could call him tough because he keeps getting injured. Like, I think if I were to go back and look at his injury history, it's a lot. You know, right now, snapshot of where we are in time, um, he's wrestling in this six-man tag match against Drew McIntyre and whoever Drew McIntyre's... Oh, RK-Bro against the Bloodline. Um, I imagine he won't wrestle at all. He'll stay on the sidelines because he's injured. I, I believe he tore a tricep. I believe a tricep tear can take up to six months to heal. And they're not willing to have him drop the belt. It's not the best story, but I could have seen a world in which he gave the belt, like he drops the belt to uh, Shinsuke. Or he forfeits the title. And just says, I'll be back for this as soon as I'm healthy. I don't think they want to do any of that. They want to keep this story going. Which does make sense. 30-day defense rule be damned. Um, And what I actually think is going to happen is all of the belts will be on the line at Backlash. That's my prediction. So it's Saturday. Uh, Last night on SmackDown... Um, we find out that it's a six-man tag, not just Usos versus RK-Bro. Uh, my prediction is all of the belts will be on the line, the universal title and the tag belts, uh, consolidating the tag belts and giving us a defense technically of the universal title without Roman Reigns having to actually wrestle. The Usos do the majority of the work. Roman can come in and cheat. This would be, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a great way to introduce Solo Sokoa. Even if he doesn't show up full time, he's there as the odds, you know, he's there as the the, uh, ace up their sleeve. He comes out, he helps them win. You acknowledge there's an Uso there. You send him to NXT to take over. That builds his storyline up. He becomes a credible challenger for Braun Breaker. If you can bring the bloodline down, you're welcome all of this, except this episode isn't coming out until the later single-digit days of May, I think, if not the 10th outright. So this may all be for naught, but that's what I would do. little fantasy booking here. Uh, Legitimate fantasy booking, not tournament style. You put all the belts on the line. Solo Sokoa shows up to help out. Whether or not he's on the team, that I wouldn't do, or he just comes out of the crowd, attacks, such. Then the next night on SmackDown, or the next time you have SmackDown, or you even do it on Raw, since now these champions are universal, they can show up wherever, you introduce Solo Sokoa, um... And now they could all show up because again, 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 universal title means these people should be able to show up on period, any period, WWE period or NXT period show. Exclamation point. 
They could show up. The whole bloodline with Heyman could show up on NXT. Build, you know, just show up at spring breaking. Oh my goodness, this all comes together. They show up at spring breaking, which is a huge deal. Um, they, you know, they basically, Roman gives the order to Solo Sokoa to take everybody out. And then after Braun Breaker beats Joe Gacy, which we're pretty sure he's going to do, Sola Sokoa and the Bloodline comes out. You get a little mini tiny stare down between Braun Breaker and Roman Reigns because there's a very interesting world in which Braun Breaker is the next guy to beat Roman. This whole thing comes together. I am very tempted to pause recording and go tweet all this or at least send it to the Inner Circle chat because it all goes together so beautifully. But I'm going to wait because we have a tournament to do that I haven't talked about in Potentially 10 minutes. Mick Foley versus Roman Reigns. Um, I consider... Uh, both of them... I'm, I'm counting Cactus Jack size and early Mankind size. Before Mick Foley just put on weight, I don't fault him for that. He was so injured, probably any exercise was excruciating. Uh, both similar in size. I give Mick Foley the edge on the toughness scale, but it depends on your definition of tough. Wrestling-wise, I give it to uh, Mick Foley. Career-wise, I think you got to give it to Roman at this point. Not that that's a big part, but it will be for our argument. Uh, bar fight. <sighs> Mick Foley's not going to be in a bar fight. Mick Foley's kind of like The Rock. He's going to joke, make himself the butt of the joke, buy a round of beer for everybody, you know. And maybe Roman would do that too, so maybe the bar fight element you, you sort of take out here. Uh, I'll give it to Reigns just because this gimmick right now is so, so good. So some recency bias gives me uh, the ability to give it to Reigns because Mick Foley now is a goofball. And I've seen him in person. I've been six feet from him sitting in a chair trying to get his credit card swipey thing to work so he can make some money selling T-shirts and autographed pictures. It sort of ruins the hossy image to me. I love you, Mick, but yeah. Our last matchup. I want to say Minoru Suzuki's here. Let's find out. Oops. Why did I delete Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. Taz. Oh, I was wrong. Taz. And Stan Hansen. So you wind up with a, a, a number two in which you've got Ishii and Taz and Rhino. And I don't think either of them are six feet tall. Rhino is, yeah, 5'10". Taz, WWE height. Taz is 5'9". And they all made it to the, to the number twos. Um, don't make don't be sophomoric with the humor there. They all made it to second place in the tournament, and I stand by all of that. However, as tough as Taz is, you ain't beating Stan Hansen. You, no, I'm not doing the period thing again. I already did that. You ain't beating Stan Hansen. Not gonna happen. Walter versus Ron Simmons. Kane versus Big Show. Scott Hall versus Sid, Roman Reigns versus Stan Hansen. We're about a half an hour in, and we just finished the first round. I'm glad you like the show. Um, Constellations. Sheamus versus Owens. Owens just had the biggest night of his professional career um, against a tough SOB. He, he is a hoss. But... His like he doesn't present that when he's in full prize fighter NXT and early WWE. Uh, Kevin Owens was full hoss. Now he's a more fully developed character, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, which means I'm giving Sheamus the win. Uh, Luger versus Rhino. I don't care. I'm giving it to Rhino. I find Rhino to be hossier. Lex Luger just had muscles. Tech, yes, I know he played football, but all he did was have muscles. He was a bad wrestler. He was a bad wrestler. He made terrible sounds in the ring. 
Uh, I can't have him. The fact that he's going to be in the top 32 kind of makes me want to vomit, but I'm going with it. I, I will accept it. I will let it happen, but I, I'm not going to put him in the uh, second round of the Constellations. He's not beating Rhino. Uh, the Bulldog beats Ishii. No problem. And Mick Foley versus Taz. <sighs> Cactus Jack's a hoss in the um, in the brawling hardcore style, which is my least favorite type of hoss. I like an amateur wrestler. I like a striker. I like a grappler. I like a submission guy. I like a big man who doesn't move like a big man. Mick Foley checks very few of those boxes. He was a brawler and a hardcore wrestler. I am giving the win to Taz because it's my tournament. So uh, let me just tell you how this is going to work because I can see it already. Um, Kevin Owens beats Lex Luger in our bottom four. Kevin Owens beats Lex Luger. Let me get our rankings up and running here. Owens beats Luger. Foley beats Ishii. Ishii beats Luger. So Lex Luger is going to come in at 32. Ishii is going to be at 31. I want to put Finley ahead of them both, but I'm not going to. I'll stick to the sanctity of this. This will just give me reasons to have it be an epilogue. Owens, Foley. And I will have Mick Foley beat Kevin Owens because he got... Um, thrown off a cell and got up. He got choked slammed through a cell and got up. He got his hands cuffed behind his back and hit in the head with multiple chair shots. None of this is smart. All of it is hossy. So Kevin Owens is at 30. Mick Foley is at 29. I feel good about all of that. Walter versus Ron Simmons. Um, Ron Simmons is the tougher man. And again, part of me is going back to what I talked about with Junkyard Dog. He was the first African-American world champion in a promotion centered in the South in the early 90s, when I have to imagine lots of places weren't fans of the fact that he won. Um... And it takes a certain type of man to be able to do that. Walter is a hossier wrestler. This match would be great. The power bombs, the spine busters, the chops, the clotheslines, the shoulder blocks. Um, had he not gone to become Gunther, I think I'd be much more willing to give this to Walter. And we know, because I have to say this every episode now, that we can't grade potential. Gunther could be world champion in 2023. He could be back on the Indies in 2023. Technically, that shouldn't impact how I feel about him as a hoss at all. He's lost a bunch of weight. I think he looks good. It took a while for me to get used to it, but I think he looks good. I think it shows a dedication, and I think they will reward that. I'm... I'm telling you, the Reigns, um, you know, the story I booked with Reigns leading to Sokoa and Braun Breaker is good. I, I am convinced right now, I'll predict this openly, that Gunther's our next Intercontinental Champion. I got to go with Ron Simmons. I, I, that wasn't what I thought I was going to do, but I'm going to go with Ron Simmons here. Uh, he's a no-doubt hoss. He's an old-school hoss. He wrestled in a stupid mask as Doom with Butch Reed, another fantastic hoss. Um, yeah, I'm going with Ron Simmons, and I'm okay with that. And I'm going with Kane over the big show without even really feeling like I have to talk about it. Uh, Kane, most definitely a hoss. Big show stretches almost into that giant rule, especially when his weight is not good. Uh, so Simmons versus Kane is our quarterfinal. I give Scott Hall the win over Sid. 
and I can't in good conscience let Stan Hansen lose to Roman Reigns. Stan Hansen is a no-doubt hoss. I think you'd all agree. So we've got two old-school wrestlers, two more modern again, two, two 90s. So wait, we got Hansen, I would say 80s, primarily into 90s. Simmons, slightly 80s, more early 90s. Scott Hall, mid-90s. Kane, late 90s into 2000s. So we're representing a lot of eras here. I, I'm just flipping back, just looking at our final fours here. Flipping back, flipping back, flipping back, flipping back. Uh, we would have to go back to the, I don't even know what this is, twos, threes, fours. We'd have to go back to the sixes to find uh, wrestlers who are competing right now in Killian Dane and technically Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn, I get it. He doesn't belong there, but it's my tournament, so he does. Um, and then, technically, in the sevens, you get uh, Jeff Cobb. I'm sure Tenzan may wrestle still occasionally. But most of the wrestlers that made it to the final four, as I keep flipping back and back and back, um, are old-school wrestlers. I think that's just... I don't think we have the same level of hosses, and we've been talking about that for multiple episodes. Back into the Constellations. Uh, Sheamus versus Roman Reigns. How many times did they fight over the world title? I'll give it to Reigns. I don't know if that's the right answer, honestly. Sheamus might be the better hoss, but I'm going to give it to Roman Reigns. Rhino versus Sid. I'm honestly not sure. You know, Rhino... Sid's a tall, muscular guy. Rhino's a short, compact guy. Which one is more of the epitome of a hoss? To me, I kind of lean towards your, you know. Um, George Costanza is more of a hoss than Cosmo Kramer. Kramer is tall. He's not muscular. Um, but George was like the stockier wrestlers, and maybe because I'm a stocky boy. The stockier wrestlers strike me more as hosses. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Uh, but I think I'm giving it to Sid. I think I'm giving it to Sid. And then Bulldog beats the Big Show, no question. And as much as I love Taz, and I do, he's not beating Walter. So, our next bottom two. Sheamus versus Rhino. I give that to Sheamus. And I give Taz the upset win over the Big Show. I do. Big Show, the more I think about it, the more he's in the giant section. Does he beat Rhino, though? Probably. Rhino's at 28. Big Show's at 27. And I will have Sheamus beat Taz. Taz comes in at 26. Sheamus is the 25th hoss to have ever hossed. Uh, let's do another consolation round here. Roman Reigns beats Sid. The British Bulldogger Walter. If I had Glenn's phone number, I'd call him right now and have him tell me what he wants it to be. That'd be a fantastic match. That should be the main event of that clash at the castle. That, oh. I think it's going to happen before this. I think Walter Gunther becomes Intercontinental Champion before this, but that would be a fun time for Gunther to become champion at a, a, a European pay-per-view to beat Ricochet. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he wins it maybe at SummerSlam and goes into that. And then what you do, because I'm just fantasy booking up a storm here today, my friends, is you have Gunther go into Clash at the Castle as the Intercontinental Champion. Um, and you either do an open challenge that could be answered by any number of UK talents. Joe Kofi. Uh, I would love Charlie Dempsey. Or it's Ilya. 
whether or not he's still NXT champion or not. There's, I think, I think they were very smart. And at their last tapings, they taped, he's wrestling Jordan Devlin, um, and they taped uh, both men winning, which means we won't know what actually happens until the show. Very clever on the part of NXT UK. Uh, so maybe Ilya's not the champion, but he shows up. And you get Walter versus Ilya on a WWE pay-per-view for the Intercontinental title. Man, I'm, I'm cooking today. It's a shame I don't have WWE 2K. I returned it. Um, I know they got it. I was tracking. I know they got it. They haven't acknowledged whether or not I'm going to get um, an exchange. Maybe they're going to send me a different copy of the game that hopefully works, or I'm going to get a refund. So I have no game to play. I can't book universe mode right now. Um, Walter or the Bulldog? For me, as I said, I want a wrestler who can grapple. The Bulldog is a hoss who can wrestle that UK style that I love so much. So I think I'm giving it to the Bulldog over Gunther Walter. And then Walter beats Sid. So Sid comes in at 24. Walter is at 23. Um, Ron Simmons beats Kane. With no question. And then Scott Hall versus Stan Hansen in a matchup of SH versus SH. And I love when that happens. That's a tougher one. Not in terms of the toughness category. I think you give that uh, to Stan Hansen. But Scott Hall checks a lot of the boxes for what I like in a wrestler. You know, he was Razor Ramon making his debut late 92 through 93. Like, you know, my favorite, first favorite wrestler was Bret Hart. Razor Ramon was up there. I liked Razor Ramon. I wanted to ooze machismo. I'll let you know if it ever happens. So... For me, the answer is Scott Hall. Is that the right answer? I don't know. I have not looked anything up on Google. Let me turn to Google. John Stanley Hansen, uh, only a year and a half younger than my dad, um, known for his stiff wrestling side style, which he attributes to his poor eyesight. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> I think he just like punching people in the face. Uh, loud, violent cowboy who wanted to fight everybody, uh, chewing on tobacco. The most successful or popular gaijin in Japanese wrestling history. More well-known and revered in Japan. Ten-time world champion. He has a uh, biography from 2011. I don't think I need to read it, but I know many of you who would. His picture on Wikipedia uh, has, you know, he's doing the, the horns thing. He's got the cowboy hat. He's obviously, it's from 2015, so he's obviously older. And behind him is a framed picture of the Patriot. I'm sure that's not intentional. I'm sure he's at a convention or something, and that just happens to be where the picture is taken. In fact... I'm going to guess that this picture is cut off. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you go to, if you look up Stan Hansen, the Patriot, the picture, the full picture is Stan Hansen posing with the Patriot who has the mask on. Um, they've cropped it for Wikipedia. You can, so, but that would explain why the Patriots uh, thing is there. Uh, played college football. Wrestling debut in 73, playing for the Detroit Wheels, um, teamed with Bruiser Brody, broke Sam, and Sam Martino's neck. That was how the... so Oh, so it's a legit injury. A botched power slam causes him to break Sam Martino's neck, but they use it to talk about the lariat. Fantastic move. Uh, top heel. Vader. The match... Gets struck in the nose by the bull rope, breaking it. Now, it doesn't say whether that's the nose or the bull rope, but I think we know that's the, the nose. Um, nasty exchange, legitimate. <laughs> okay, well, there's the answer. Stan Hansen is the person who popped Vader's eye out of his socket. He wins. He wins. 
Um, after removing his mask, Vader pushes the eye back into its socket and holds it in place with his eyelid. I- I'm pretty sure Vader's going to be in our next episode. We'll probably come back to this story when talking about Hossitude. Um Yeah. You know, somebody has not proofread this because they're talking about they somebody wrote the story up about Vader uh, twice, once for all Japan, once for New Japan. So somebody's not proofreading these. Uh, AWA, da, 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 retirement, surgery, two knee replacements. Okay, so we can skip over all of this. Hansen wins. Uh, so our final is going to be Ron Simmons versus Stan Hansen. Great final. Uh, Roman Reigns beats Kane. I had Scott Hall beat the Bulldog in the opening round. Uh, I'm going to pivot and switch that up. And I'm going to have the Bulldog beat Scott Hall in the consolation semifinals. So Kane versus Scott Hall will determine who's 22 and 21. Scott Hall wins. And I will have the British Bulldog defeat Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes in at 20. The British Bulldog, Glenn, your buddy, your pal, your dearly uh, missed friend, Davy Boy Smith, the 19th hossiest hoss to have ever hossed. Uh, who will be 18 and who will be 17? Uh, I will now look up Ron Simmons. And what I'm essentially looking for here is anything that beats the man who poked out Vader's eye. Because he did it with a thumb accidentally. A glancing blow of Stan Hansen's thumb caused Vader's eye to pop out of its socket. So let's see if Ron Simmons can top that story. Uh, let's see. College career. Uh Florida State, his numbers retired, Orange Bowl Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. Um, Amazing. Not sure if it counts, but clearly tough if you did that. Uh, Shows up in 1986. (laughs) Teamed with Steve Williams. We'll be talking about him in the next episode. Heel turn, Ricky Steamboat. Of course, I'm just reading things. There's Doom, the Iron Team Tournament, uh, where they lost all three, uh, which originally they were managed by a woman, I'm pretty sure. Then Teddy Long shows up. Uh, World Heavyweight Champion, Scoop Power Slam. Then mid-card status does show up in ECW. Nation of Domination. He's got to be tough to have worn the stupid hat. He made his debut on the 96th episode of Raw. His first gimmick was that of Farouk Assad, a gladiator slash street thug who wore a black and blue gladiator outfit with a misshaped helmet and was managed by Sonny. Oh, Sonny, I loved you. And you are a terrible person, but I loved you. I loved you in 96. Uh, Yep, the acolytes... Sporadic appearances, Hall of Famer. Yeah, there's nothing there. Uh, No doubt a very tough hombre and certainly worthy of being the 18th hossiest hoss. But Stan the Man Hansen finishes just out of the top 16, uh, defeating Ron Simmons. He beat Taz, Roman Reigns, Scott Hall, Ron Simmons. What a... Uh, what a path it took for him to get there. And here we sit, dearest of friends, on the precipice. And I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to read you the names to remind you of what our next episode is going to be. In our next episode, these 16 wrestlers will vie for the title of the hossiest hoss to have ever hossed. And I'm going to go in a weird sort of order uh, for a reason that I'm sure, well, I don't know if I'll remember to talk about it next week, but trust me when I say there's a reason I'm going out of order. We already mentioned Vader. 
Harley Race, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, Dr. Death Steve Williams, John Bradshaw Layfield, Dusty Rhodes, John Cena, Samoa Joe, The Undertaker, Bam Bam Bigelow, Minoru Suzuki, Scott Steiner, Haku, Bobby Lashley, and Mark Henry. Those are some serious level of hosses. And even in saying those names, I bet in your head, you saw them at different tiers. You know probably off the top of your head who may fall into the bottom group. They're still going to be in the top 16. And you know, you probably think you know what the final matchup should be. At least to me. But I promise you, I will hate myself for it, I am sure. In some form or fashion, I will hate myself for it. But I'm doing it randomly. I will not cheat. Those 16 names will be redacted and randomized, and we will figure it out. And if my two favorites have to fight in the first round, then damn it, that's how it's meant to be. All of this, almost an entire year's worth of podcasts, some that went the way of the dodo and we never heard, some that you've heard. All of this comes to a head on the next episode. Wake the kitties, call the neighbors. This is going to be one you are not going to want to miss. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And when we next meet, the meatiest of men are going to slap that meat.